Welcome to another exciting episode of Explicably Inexplicables. I'm Nikhil. And I'm Arnov. Today, we have an exhilarating episode ahead of us as we dive into the future of transportation. From electric vehicles in the Hyperloop to autonomous driving, we'll explore the cutting-edge innovations reshaping how we move from place to place. So let's get started. So our first topic for today is going to be electrical vehicles. Mm -hmm. They seem to be gaining popularity rapidly, but what makes them stand out from traditional gasoline-powered vehicles, Arnav? Yeah, that's a good question. So electric vehicles are becoming a game changer in the automotive industry for several reasons, right? I think one of the main most significant advantages is their environmental impact, which is a great incentive for buyers. Um, traditional gasoline powered cars emit harmful greenhouse gases, mm -hmm. which co contributes to like climate change and air pollution, which, you know, as right, everyone, right. all of us know, bad for the environment. So um, contrastingly, EVs run on electricity which can be sourced from renewable energy such as solar, wind, or hydroelectric power. And so by shifting to electric vehicles, we can significantly reduce our carbon footprint and help combat global warming. So people who are environmentally conscious are you know, coming into this market and um, yeah. Okay, um, and I think even beyond that, right, there's kind of a good example of Tesla I'd like to bring up, you know, that's something that's kind of up and coming. And I know a lot of my friends and maybe your friends have Teslas nowadays. Yep. And so an American, um, so what Tesla is, if you don't know, is it's an American electric powered vehicle. Um, and it was founded by Elon Musk. And so Tesla's Model 3, for instance, became one of the best selling electric cars globally. And it showcased the potential for the mass adoption of EVs, right? And so the it was kind of the underdog in the market, but it really shine through and i think the company's focus on its long-range capabilities and building a vast supercharger network which is essentially how they charge the vehicle as opposed to using um you know your traditional gas stations um that focus i think really helped them address that that range anxiety of how far that vehicle can travel which mm. was kind of the main potential concern that ev skeptics had and so i think this move really encouraged more people to consider electric vehicles as more of a viable alternative to traditional cars yeah, so I know you talked about the supercharger network, but mm -hmm. would you like to go further in depth about the charging infrastructure and why that could worry people? Like, why was why is that such a main point of concern for potential buyers? Well, so I think in the past, traditionally, it was more of a concern than it is now. I think it's getting better literally day by day. Literally, as we are speaking, mm -hmm. there are probably superchargers being built. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Like I said, like in the early days of electric vehicles, charging infrastructure was, was a concern. There was much less of them. Um, and so people worried about finding charging stations, especially like if you're going on a long trip. Like let's say you're traveling from uh, Los Angeles to New York, literally across the United States, probably more than a thousand miles. You're probably, you know, you might have ran out of fuel because there aren't going to be that many charging stations, especially in rural areas. Mm -hmm. And so nowadays, though, I think companies are starting to shift their focus as well as governments on recognizing that need for widespread charging infrastructure mm -hmm. and this is able to support the growing number of evs um and another great thing to mention here is tesla again is kind of that shining through example and the company has invested heavily in building a supercharger network globally you know these fast charging stations are strategically located along highways and major routes like i said which is where the predominantly the problem was which has made long-distance EV travel more accessible and convenient. 
And so on top of that, government's also doing a good job incentivizing the development of these public charging networks. They offer mm-hmm. things like tax credits, subsidies, grants um, to private and public entities to establish charging stations. For instance, the United Kingdom government is a great example, right? It's actually set a target to install 2.5K high power charging points on motorways and major roads by the year 2030. Yeah, I think that's a great innovation in this industry. I guess just to like put out an example, back in the day, okay, so first of all, just for some context, me and Nikhil, we both live in Texas, and Texas is, although we have some like a bunch of major cities, most of Texas is um, taken over by rural area, like with a bunch of like farms and everything. So finding like you know finding accessibility to these charging stations back then was almost like nowhere near a possibility. Mm-hmm. So taking long road trips across the entire state seemed like you know near to impossible especially considering how big the state is if you really wanted to go to like a city from like el paso literally the western part of the state to a city like houston or dallas on the east eastern front of it Mm -hmm. was very difficult yeah and it's not just texas right you know like the midwest or you know there's so many examples all over the world which is why it was such a problem but i agree that you know innovation in this industry is becoming a thing and we are actively working towards making Mm -hmm. more um charging stations and uh like for example tesla's uh, super um charging, super station. charging yeah exactly so um i guess talking about the future and the future transportation 30 years ago like thinking 30 40 years ago thinking about electric vehicles and running on pure electricity was almost unfathomable um similarly in today's world the idea of a hyperloop becoming a realistic thing and a realistic mode of transportation in the near future also seems very you know less likely of a possibility mm-hmm. but the hyperloop is i guess indeed a very fascinating concept and i guess i just like to talk about it a bit um mm-hmm. here, you want to dive in yeah so i mean like you said i'm it's also a topic that i'm very interested in mm-hmm. um and so you know i'm sure not many of you guys are aware of what this is but essentially what it is is it's literally straight out of the sci-fi movie it's <laughs> it's a high-speed transportation system proposed by elon musk and his company spacex if you've ever watched the show lab rats they use this in season four and um <laughs> you know anyways the hyperloop involves a capsule or a pod that travels through kind of this low pressure tube at near supersonic speed so really fast um, and it uses magnetic levitation and air pressure uh, in order to power it further in terms of its speed and so Arnav, is there? How exactly does it work, and is it is it truly a feasible mode of transportation? Well, okay. In order to talk about if it's feasible or not, we should kind of talk about the science behind it, mm-hmm. and also if we have the resources ap- applicable in today's world, right? Right. So, to start off with the low pressure environment inside the tubes reduces the air resistance, right? This allows the pods to move at an incredibly high speed with minimal energy consumption. And this mag- the magnetic levitation technology, right, which is still being in the works today, lifts the pod slightly above the track, which eliminates friction and further reducing energy requirements. So this combination of technologies enables the Hyperloop to achieve speeds comparable to commercial airplanes, but with the convenience and efficiency of a train. Like you said, straight out of a sci-fi movie. Right. Um, but concerning feasibility, several companies are actively working on developing Hyperloop technology, right? So, for example, Virgin Hyperloop has made significant strides and even conducted successful test runs with human passengers. And so their vision is to revolutionize transportation by drastically reducing travel times between cities. Um, I guess one of the main proposed routes 
for Hyperloop is between LA and San Francisco. So currently, I guess just, you know, put Hyperloop in perspective for the audience, right? I guess on average, the drive would take between these two cities like six to seven hours. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the traffic, you know, LA traffic's horrible, right? right. <laughs> but the thing with Hyperloop is it aims to complete this journey in just 30 minutes. That's wow. crazy, right? So imagine the time and energy savings that could be achieved with such a transportation system. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all like a lot of imagination and thought but has anyone actually made physical progress in building a functioning hyperloop system yeah like i said virgin hyperloop as i mentioned earlier has been the forefront of these efforts um i know elon musk's boring company is also doing very similar um things with a car instead of actually like a human capsule or pod but Mm -hmm. very similar technology with magnetic levitation and stuff like that and i know virgin hyperloop they've conducted multiple tests in their nevada facility and I've heard that they've achieved speeds exceeding 700 miles per hour during some of these tests. Oh, wow. And so they're actively making progress in this industry. And I believe that it's, like, it's an untapped market, right? So I think all of us have the opportunity to um, invest in this in the future. Yeah, no, and I think even beyond just America, the Indian state, there's an Indian state called Maharashtra, which has also shown interest in building a Hyperloop route uh, between Mumbai and Pune, which are two cities in that state. Um, and those are two major cities with very heavy traffic congestion. Obviously, India is the most now the most populous, you know, country in the world, mm-hmm. surpassed China. And so, if realized, this project could revolutionize the way people travel between these urban centers. Exactly. Um, so, Hyperloop is technically autonomous, right? But what about just autonomous vehicles in general, like on the road today, um, commonly known as, I guess, what we all know, self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, are they safe enough for widespread adoption? Like we know Tesla has the self-driving feature, but is it safe enough for everyone to use and everyone to rely on 100%? Well, I think if you had asked me this question just a few years back, I would have said no. But now I am leaning towards maybe a yes, and especially five or six years down the road, it'd probably be a yes. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I think, you know, it's kind of been evolving over time, right? So self-driving cars is continuously becoming more and more sophisticated. There are more and more companies delving into that market, mm-hmm. more government regulations being placed, more money, resources, human labor being spent towards it. Yeah. So companies like um, Waymo, a subsidiary company of Alphabet Inc., which also owns Google, if you didn't know, have been at the forefront of these autonomous vehicle technologies. Mm-hmm. And so Waymo's uh, kind of autonomous vehicles use these advanced sensors, which are called... Um, LIDARs, so light detection and ranging. Yeah, or LIDAR. LIDARs, yes, sorry. LIDARs and cameras and radar. And this kind of helps the vehicle and the person perceive their surroundings better. These sensors essentially feed data into powerful onboard computers which run AI algorithms that process the information in real time, so essentially live. The AI algorithms kind of enable the vehicle to make decisions such as accelerating, braking, and changing lanes based on the surrounding environment and traffic conditions. And so to ensure the safety during testing, companies like Waymo conduct extensive trials under various conditions. Um, You know, for example, under things like snow, heavy rain, et cetera, you name it, they're trying to face it. And this helps them collect vast amounts of data about its capabilities to improve it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like I said, this helps refine the AI algorithms and make the vehicles more capable of handling these diverse scenarios. Okay, um, I guess it's valid points, right? Like in most of our episodes, we have the good, but we also have to talk about the bad. 
Um, so I guess I think it's time to talk about, you know, we all know that there's been real-world incidents involving self-driving cars, right? Um, I know that there have been a few accidents involving autonomous vehicles during their testing phase. However, it's important for all of us to know that it's essential or that most of these incidents were due to human errors or other external factors mm -hmm. rather than the AI systems themselves. AI is programmed to be the best of the best, and the main thing about AI is that there is no human error, which you right. know, eliminating that is such a huge factor in considering you know autonomous vehicles. So the AI themselves had no problem, but when uh, discussing the problems with the testing phase, it was a, you know purely human errors. Um, just to you know, dive into some examples, one notable incident was a Waymo autonomous vehicle was involved in a collision with another driver who ran a red light. Um, in another case, a Tesla vehicle on autopilot mode crashed into a truck crossing the road, but mm -hmm. it was later discovered that the driver was not paying proper attention to the road, right? And I guess despite these incidents, it's crucial to understand that autonomous vehicles might actually be better for the road than worse, right? Because it's better than, you know, it reduces human error. So it has the potential to significantly reduce accidents caused by these, caused by, you know, humans. So mm -hmm. a, a recent statistic that I read was, according to the World Health Organization, I think it said around more than 1.35 million people die each year due to road traffic accidents. And the advanced sensors and AI capabilities of autonomous vehicles hold the promise of making our roads safer by eliminating human errors, such as distracted drivers and fatigue. So if we think about the entire market, like let's say every single person you know that's driving a car uses a self-driving car and mm -hmm. they're all connected to the same network, me personally, I think it'll be much, much less than 1.35 million. Definitely, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, as the technology improves and regulations become stricter, Autonomous vehicles are, I guess, expected to become safer than human-driven cars. Like like you said, there's so many resources, money, everything going into this industry. Um, and widespread adoption of these autonomous vehicles could lead to benefits such as reduced traffic congestion, improved fuel efficiency, and even enhanced accessibility for people with mobility challenges, right? But on the other side, the thing is, all of this won't be the best of the best unless everyone adopts this because even if let's say half of the people have evs if they're not able to recognize human error when the other half ha like are controlling the cars that's still a problem right so i feel like it's important to address these challenges and understand um this market yeah definitely i mean i can definitely see the potential benefit of these self-driving cars but you know with that said are there any companies that are doing a good job successfully implementing these futuristic transportation technologies and these ideas. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about before, Tesla, right, led by Elon Musk, has been a pioneer in the electrical vehicle market. Um, it has, I mean, it, ha it, ha it has had a range of successful EVs like the Model S, Model 3, and Model X, right? So Tesla has garnered significant attention and a large customer base, proving that EVs can be both environmentally friendly and overall sustainable. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think it's really important to kind of look into the lens of the future and look on the bright side that these are things that can really impact us in society. Mm -hmm. You know, that both the Hyperloop and, of course, the electric powered vehicles. Mm -hmm. So, folks, there you have it. That was our discussion about electric powered vehicles and Hyperloops. And so make sure you tune in next week for our new episode on Saturday. And until then, peace. peace. Thank <laughs> you.